You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 14. I'll be reading verses 22 through 34, and I read from the New Revised Standard Version. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the sea. But when the disciples saw Jesus walking on the sea, they were terrified, and they said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And so Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those who were on the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So the closest I have ever come to being in the position of the disciples stuck out in the middle of the storm happened this summer. Over the 4th of July, we went to my, ha- to my uh, parents' house in Gregory. We had a big old cookout on the 4th of July. And then on the 5th of July, we decided to take mom and dad's boat out on the Missouri River. It was myself, my, our family, um, my sister, and then some cousins of ours. And we all were, just had this plan to have this great day on the water. We checked the radar before we went. We actually did the smart thing before we didn't do the smart thing, but we, did, we, we checked the radar before we were going, and we knew that there were supposed to be some storms coming in later that day. And my sister and I looked at each other, and we said, we'll be home before then. So off we went. We got the boat out, we got a sandy spot on the banks of the river, and then we parked the boat and we got out the floaties and the pool noodles and all this stuff and we started to enjoy ourselves. A little while later, I was back in the boat grabbing my cell phone to check on it, just, you know, just in case I missed something important, and my sister yelled to me, hey, Clay, while you're doing that, can you check the radar? The storms that were supposed to be coming later were coming right now. And we checked the radar, and it finally loaded, and then we looked to the north, and we no longer needed the radar, because we saw the storm coming. 
The storm that was supposed to be coming later was coming right now. So here we did, we took off in the boat, heading back to the marina, trying and failing to outrun the storm. And I want you to know that we were safe the entire time, but this storm was unlike anything I've ever been caught out in before and hope to never be in again. I don't think I have ever been that wet. We were drenched. We were soaked. It was awful. And so I cannot say that I know exactly what the disciples were going through. I know what it's like to be out in the middle of the storm on the Missouri River, but the disciples are on much bigger water in our scripture for this morning. The disciples were used to being on bigger water. But for a moment, I felt unsafe, as I am sure the disciples felt in the midst of this storm. On the heels of watching Jesus feed over 5,000 plus with leftovers to boot, by the way, with five loaves of bread, two, uh, two fish, and one simple prayer, the disciples are sent back by Jesus. Jesus tells them to go back on to these familiar waters of the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret, and Jesus is going to take some time by himself to pray and I'm sure rest after this long day of teaching and performing this miracle. And so the disciples go. The problem is, is that they run into problems almost immediately because they were in the middle of this storm. Now keep in mind, like I talked about last week, Simon Peter and the other disciples that had a fishing background would have known this body of water very well, and they would have known that the geography around the Sea of Galilee lends itself to these intense storms popping up from out of nowhere. So the disciples would not have been surprised in the same way that my family was on July 5th but even knowing that the storm is coming does not make the storm less troublesome. And so they're fighting the waves all night. It's late into the night, and then to add to their concerns, they see something coming towards them. Great! What could be better? And so the disciples come to this only, the only logical conclusion that they can come to, and that is that it is a ghost. Because nothing and certainly no one is going to be on the water. And so they cry out. They say, it's a ghost. I mean, what else could it have been? But then they hear a voice. They hear a familiar voice voice. They hear a voice that they would have known saying, do not be afraid, it is I. Now, do you remember last week we talked about Simon Peter and his character map being wild, and sometimes Simon Peter gets it right, and sometimes Simon Peter gets it wrong? This is an instance where Simon Peter gets it right and wrong at the same time. Because, did you notice what he said in Scripture? Jesus, or Simon Peter heard the voice of Jesus, and he does not shout back something that you might expect, like, oh, hey, it's Jesus. Here, take this rope. We've got you. 
Now, Simon Peter's a bit more skeptical than that. Simon Peter doesn't necessarily believe that it's Jesus, and so he says, if it's really you, if it's really you, tell me to get out of the boat. Call me on to the waters. And despite his reputation for acting rashly, even Peter knows not to just jump off the boat headlong into this storm. Simon Peter waits for Jesus to speak. And Jesus says one word. Come. And for a moment, things are going great. For a moment, Simon Peter is actually doing the thing. He is walking on the water. So often we focus, when we talk about the story, so often we focus on the fact that Simon Peter almost drowned, that we miss the fact that for a minute, he actually did it. With the confidence that the mere voice of Jesus gave him, Peter walked on the waves, these same waves that threatened to drown the disciples all night. Simon Peter, with Jesus in his sight, overcame the fear. Until he remembered. He remembered the wind. He remembered the waves. He remembered the absolute absurdity of what is going on. Here are these two men standing in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, standing on the water in the midst of a storm. This story makes no sense whatsoever. And when Peter realized exactly what was happening, he took his eyes off of Jesus. And that's when he started to sink. That's when he ran into problems. And he cried out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And Jesus did. There was Jesus right within arm's reach to save his flawed and faithful disciple. Save this disciple who took this gigantic risk and walked in faith with, um, with, at the most absurd moment of his life. And then Simon Peter and Jesus walked back to the boat, back to the company of the eleven, and Jesus calmed the storm once again. This is the second time in the Gospels that the storm was calmed. And the reaction of the disciples tells us so much. Because the first time, a few chapters earlier, in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus is in the boat with the disciples, sleeping, and the disciples are freaking out, and they say to Jesus, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We're going to drown. And Jesus wakes up and calms the storm, and the disciples look at each other and say, Who is this? Who is this that the waves and winds obey him? But here in the second time, the second time Jesus calms the storm, the disciples confess for the first time that Jesus is the Son of God. Their trust in Jesus has grown that fast and has grown to this point. 
And as this sermon series unfolds, as we're looking at the life of the Apostle Peter, we're going to get more into who Jesus is and more into how that view of Jesus grew over time. But for today, I want us to think about the storms. Let's think about the storms. Jesus did not shield the disciples from the storms happening in the first place. Because after all, this is the second time that a storm was big enough or scary enough to be mentioned in the Gospels. But on that fateful night, the wind was against them. On that fateful night, the water was rough. On that fateful night, the storm harassed them all night long. And on that fateful night, the storm was overcome twice. First, by Simon Peter, who trusted Jesus enough to walk in faith. And the second time, when Jesus boarded the boat, at the mere presence of Jesus, the storm passed and there was calm. Walking with Jesus does not stop the storms from coming. But walking with Jesus shows the power of Jesus when we are walking with him in the midst of the storm. Walking with Jesus does not stop the storm from coming. But walking with Jesus in the midst of the storm shows us his power that is ours. Friends, i got to be honest with you, this morning before church, I checked the radar. It's clear. There are no storms coming later. But there are still storms that you and I are facing today. What are the storms of our lives? There are times in our lives when the wind is contrary. There are times when we are up against it and life is a desperate struggle with ourselves, with our circumstances, with our temptations and sorrows and decisions. And the gospel truth for us to hold on to is this. In the midst of the storms of our lives, there is no need to struggle alone. Jesus comes to us across the storms of our lives. Jesus bids us to come to him and to walk in faith, even when that walk takes us over stormy waters or just across the street. In the midst of the storms of life, let us learn as Peter does today. Jesus is there with hands outstretched, ready to save us. And with a calm, clear voice bids us to take heart and have no fear. Jesus saves his flawed and faithful disciples. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we may not give you thanks for the storms of life, but we give you thanks for the fact that you're with us in the midst of the storms of life. As we talked about with the kids, the storms are scary. The storms are hard to navigate. The storms leave us feeling lost and disoriented, and the storms leave us feeling alone. But 
remind us that that's not the case. You are near. You are with us. We are safe and beloved in your sight. Help us to call on your name in all circumstances, but especially in those storms. And all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.